G'day all, and welcome back to an exciting podcast series on the Benalla All Blacks Golden Era in the Benalla and District Football League, where they played off in six consecutive grand finals between 1966 and 1971, winning three of them. A huge thanks to the Benalla Rural City Council, Benalla All Blacks Football and Netball Club, and its past players who have also contributed to the cost of this timeless and historical moment in the club's history. Let it rip, Robbie. The footy club is a very important part of my life. I always say I need them more than they need me. It's a terrific place. I I work at Bingo every Friday night. I do the timekeeping on a Saturday during the footy season. You know, it's great socially for me because I'm on my own. They treat me very nicely down there. What did the All Blacks mean to Bernie? Oh, it was important to him. Yeah, he loved playing there. He played out at Swanpool for one year after he got too old for junior league. And then he went across to Benalla for, I think, 18 months after he'd been at the All Blacks. But he went back to the Blacks. He realised they were a far better lot. (laughs) He and Beatles, as he was known, were very good friends. In fact, he lived with them because... Bernie came from a very poor background and Mrs Beaton took him in and um, that's where Beatles, as we call him, so they were, they were great mates. So he decided in 71 when he took on the job he'd go over and be with him because he was going to give it away. He reckoned he'd had enough, Bernie, but when Beatles took over, well, he went back and played with him. If you can beat Glen Rowan any day, it was a great thing. It was really very good to beat them. A very strong uh, rivals. Oh, definitely. They had a few um, standout people that were very physical up there. Very physical. There was old Mrs Tully up there who used to dong them on the head if they beat them, beat the blacks. Every time we played up there, Bernie put a towel on the driver's seat of the car and once the game was over, he'd pick his bag up out of the room and bolt. He didn't hang around for her to be around. <laughs> Every time, towel on the seat, because it often was muddy, of course. Yep, had the towel on the seat and away we went. Susie, what do you think made the All Blacks such a good club to be around and so also the success they had in that golden era? Well, the people were all very nice. Nice and friendly, and you always felt welcome. No, it was very friendly, and I think that's what people like, so they are inclined to come with you. Um, This year will be my 63rd year. You're just about due for long service leave, I think. (laughs) But I'm not taking it. (laughs) I was made a life member in 1976. As long as my eyesight shows good enough, I'll be there. (laughs) Susie, how many games... What have you missed in that time? Oh, I reckon you could count them on three or four hands. Yeah, so I wouldn't have missed many. I had to miss one last year, though, because I got COVID. Mm, they reckon they're nearly going to call it off. <laughs> call the game off, I wasn't there. <laughs> that was Susie Putt, the Queen of the Banana All Blacks and wife of Premiership player Bernie Putt. G'day all and welcome to the first of our Glory Days podcast episodes looking at the mighty Benalla All Blacks golden era between 1965 
1977, where they won four premierships in nine grand finals. The club was established in 1934 and it did not take long for success with the All Blacks winning premierships in the Tatong and Thuna Football Association in 1936, 37, 39 and 40. After World War II, the club played in the Benalloran District Football League from 1946 to 1977. In that period, the club would win another seven premierships, 1953, 54, 56, 67, 68, 1971 and 76. After being runners-up in 1977, the club made the move to the Tungamar Football League for the 1978 season. Before we start a look back on the 1971 Premiership season, let's find out how and why the club was formed and how the club's name and playing strip was chosen. I spoke with club historian Darren Lewis. Darren, can you tell me how and why were the All Blacks formed in those early 30s? Benalla at that stage had a lot of young blokes and they only had one footy team, which was Benalla. And Greg Humphrey, who was involved in VRI at the time, decided that they needed to try and find uh, a club for the kids and and basically formed one. They tried in 33, but they were too late, so they actually missed out on the season. And in 34, they finally got it together. But the average age was about 16, 17. So they were actually very young kids playing against men. You know, I, I suppose that proves a point with with a lot of these things that um, given an opportunity, kids can do wonderful things. But um, Trevor LaPere was the coach and, and he was a, a great teacher and a lot of those players would go on and become great footballers for Benalla Footy Club post-war. How did they come up with the name the All Blacks and how was the Guernsey, the colours, decided? Well, it was in the middle of the Depression and and money was pretty hard to get and because they were kids, there wasn't a lot of extra money around and um, they came upon the idea that, well, if they could get a a jumper dyed black, it would be a cheaper way of starting up a footy club as they could do it. So, yes, so obviously the jumpers were all black, so they became all blacks. Um, and later on, of course, they they ended up playing black with a white monogram. But in those early days, it was wasn't pretty, but it was effective. As simple as that, eh? As simple as that, and maybe we should think about these simple things a bit more. It has been a great history, and and um, and, and blacks has always been the second side in the in the town, but it's always been a family club, so. I think it's always continued with that grassroots tradition that it had. Darren, do you think those early days of those young boys being the inaugural players at a club at a young age and against men, it actually set the club for what it is today? I think so. In that, in that for, even though they were 15 and 16-year-olds, they played off in the grand final the first year, but they won it and then had it taken off them. And then they they didn't miss the finals until 1940 when the war stopped and they won three flags in that time. So not only were they young, they were talented. Okay, let's get started on the 1971 season, a season that was all about redemption following back-to-back grand final losses to fierce rivals Glen Rowan. The seven-point loss in 1969 was followed by a nine-point loss in 1970 that had left the club stinging 
with the bitter taste of defeat and hell-bent on squaring the ledger. I hope you enjoy Vanilla All Blacks 1971, Beatlemania. Len Levy was elected as president for a third term, with Stuart Durrow, the secretary, and Norm Webber, treasurer. Pat Dixon and Trevor Wellstead were vice presidents. Coach of the previous four years, Graham Lessing, decided to stand down. The recruiting committee, led by President Len Levy, were able to obtain the services of star Benalla defender Alan Beaton as coach. He had played 133 games with the Demons in the Avon Samari Football League, including the 1963 Premiership. Beaton explains how he got to the Benalla All Blacks. I was done and dusted at Benalla. Um, I had done me bloody fill. I'd been there for bloody 12 or 13 years or something. My best mate, he he played for All Blacks for a long, long time. And the, the year before, he, we went and watched the grand final and there was a bit of unduly rough play and they knocked a young kid out and he never, ever played football again. Bernie was absolutely bloody devastated about it. And he said, I'll, I'll bloody come back and play another year. He said, I'll get that bar. Anyway... Gurrenbach come and seen me and Tadong and all the bloody district clubs and I had a bit of a, I want, well, I had associations with Gurrenbach because my wife come from out there and then I thought, bloody hell, it's all right in the summertime thinking about you're going to bloody coach but the winter time, it's a different kettle of fish altogether when the bloody cold winds are blowing and you've got to go out and train out at 20 minutes out to Gurumbat, but it's still 20 minutes and you've got to get there. And I never told anybody but when I put in the application and, of course, they didn't know they were going to get anybody. So I knew the president pretty well and Lenny Levy was the president. He was a pretty live wire and, and I decided I'd go and coach the All Blacks. That's how it all come about, but... And I'd also had a knee injury when I was playing with Benalla. I copied a bloke in uh, Stan Sargent in North Aubrey and put the bloody pennies each side of your bloody kneecap and taped them on there and I used to get through. Beaton was an extremely fit athlete and he immediately set about getting his players fitter, which was to pay huge dividends at the season's end. Len Levy and Beaton recruited extensively over the summer with Grant Colwell, John Duggan, Darren Fraser, Gary Frost, David Grenfell, Max Hobson, Peter Hennessy and Bernie Putt out of retirement. Putt was also a teammate of Alan Beaton in the Benalla 1963 Ovens & Murray Football League Premiership victory. Max Hobson and John Duggan came to the club as they were both working for the state government on the construction of nearby Lake McCohen that was completed in 1971. The structure of the league changed significantly for the 1971 season, with both Tolmy and Strathbogie going into recess, leaving an eight-team competition for the April 17th start date. The All Blacks season commenced with a Sunday road trip to Gurumbat, who were expected to be a worthy contender for the flag. The visitors, after trailing by 17 points at quarter time, clicked into gear and won by 49 points, with recruits Grant Cardwell and Gary Foss most impressive. Round two was a home game at the Gardens Oval against the Glen Rowan Tigers, a replay of last year's grand final. 
a very fired up and passionate All Black side smashed the Tigers in a ruthless display of football, kicking 23 goals in their 63-point win. Former coach Graham Lessing and Sid Lewis both kicked five goals each, while Gary Frost, Peter Hanrahan, Dave Grenfell and Tony Irwin were the architects of the big win that included nine goals in the second term. Coach Alan Beaton said Bernie Putt delivered on his previous year promise to sort out a Glen Rowan player who had belted one of the young All Blacks in the 1970 grand final. The guy in question, um, the ball was bounced and the guy in question had a go at me, come straight through and I sort of done a bit of a blind turn and got out of his way. And the next time the ball was burnt, bounced up, um, Bernie unduly hit him and split his bloody head open. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't a very nice person because he had no intestinal fortitude at all. He was bloody on the ground, bloody squealing like a bloody stuck pig, don't hit me, don't hit me, don't hit me. So... Yeah, their, their team fell apart a bit after that. You get rid of the main problem and uh, nothing much happens after that. So that's what happened. We finished up winning by 10 goals. Playing at home in round three, the All Blacks were given a huge fright by Devonish before winning by 10 points. The Barbers stunned the home crowd to lead going into the last term before the good work of Peter Hanrahan, Andrew Wallace and Tad Madge lifted the Blacks to remain unbeaten. The All Blacks' round four trip to Tatong was a high-scoring affair as they booted 26 goals 12 to the Magpies 13-5. Ken Levy was best on ground with five goals, while Andrew Wallace and Gary Frost kicked four each. Tom Freetag, Rex Dusha, Gary Frost and Peter Hanrahan all kicked three goals. John Binion and Alan Beaton were other excellent contributors. The highlight of the game was the 100th senior appearance by Rex Dusha, who debuted for the club in 1965. In a surprise, former coach Graham Lessing, after playing two games with the All Blacks, was cleared by the Benalloran District Football League Appeal Board to play for Tatong in Round 5 after having his clearance rejected by the All Blacks. The All Blacks remained unbeaten. And despite some unexpected resistance from Longwood, the Blacks on the back of another superb five-goal display from Ken Levy and four to Bruce Cuddy won by 41 points. Rex Dusha and Alan Beaton were also others in good form. The All Blacks' 78-point win at Bonnie Doon was expected, meaning the Round 7 clash at the Benalla Showgrounds would pit undefeated sides, Swanpool and the All Blacks, against each other. The Swans started well and led at quarter time by seven points. A big lift was required, and that's exactly what unfolded as Max Hobson, John Watson and Rex Dusha dominated, allowing Gav Cherry to boot four goals. The final margin was 27 points as the All Blacks took over top spot. Cherry was again the dominating force, booting eight goals against Gurumbat the following week. The three Johns, Stevens, Watson and Binion, along with Tad Madge and Ken Levy, all played key roles in the 50-point romp. Billy Hodges spoke about Tad Madge. Oh, Tad was a great player. I think he was on the other half-back flank, I think, from memory. Uh, yeah, no, he was a great player. He was, he was a quiet fellow. Um, when you spoke to him, you always had good conversation with Tad, and uh, he was quite a... A solid, well-built young fella too. 
when I say young, he's probably about my age now, anyhow. And, uh, yeah, no, he was, a, he was a great player. Just always solid in defence. And he, he used to carry, you know, cover a fair bit of ground too. Round nine was a blockbuster with last year's Premier's Glen Rowan hosting the All Blacks. The Tigers were upset the previous week by Devonish, losing by 37 points. This, along with the Blacks' eight wins in a row, pointed to an all-black victory. However, from the moment star forward Gav Cherry was a late arrival, the visitors were on the back foot, playing with 17 men in that first quarter. The Tigers made them pay, booting six goals to one in that first term. The second quarter, with Cherry on the field, was complete opposite of the first, with this time the All Blacks kicking six goals to one to lead at halftime by two points. The second half was a genuine arm wrestle, with the Tigers doing enough to win by nine points, the same margin as the 1970 grand final. Sid Lewis kicked five goals and Cherry three up forward. Tad Madge, Ken Levy, Tony Irwin were excellent in a gallant defeat. Coach Alan Beaton spoke about a trip to Glen Rowan and that defeat. But if you knew history of the Glen Rowan Football Club, they always had a lot of ferocious women, weren't backwards and, and belting people with a bloody umbrella or all of this sort of thing. There was a lot of intimidation. And when we were beaten and, at Glen Rowan in the home and away games, there was a few players that played with Glen Rowan that had some very, very bad tactics. And the umpires, they would not bloody free kick them or anything because of their, this intimidation. Now, when I, when we got beat at Glen Rowan, I was spear tackled, which was, I finished up with concussion. So my mate had to take over. We only got beat by two points, I think, or three points. The umpire that was umpiring at the day was intimidated that badly. He just wouldn't pay free kicks where they were bloody due. It was it was bloody disgraceful. I know I knew the umpire and I I worked with him. And for years afterwards, I said to him, Jimmy, the bloody women intimidated you because they wouldn't let him off. They wouldn't let the umpire off the ground. They belt shit out of him. Now, there was nobody, no police or anything to look after him. I could name the bloody woman that used to cause all the damage too. Yeah, but anyway, that's, they continued to do it, which is part of the playing at Glen, Glen Rowan. It never happened anywhere else. The All Blacks survived a close shave against the Devonish Barbers, winning by just one point after the home side led by 12 points in the third quarter. Great games from Max Hobson, Johnny Stevens, Les Firth and John Watson were the highlights of an otherwise very sluggish performance. Next up at home against Tatong, who the previous week upset Glen Rowan and were keen to add the All Blacks to the list. They tried hard but could not overcome the class of Gav Cherry, who booted eight goals. Billy Hodges said it was always a tough day against Tatong. I remember um, when I was playing on a wing against Tadong, and it was right in front of his wife and my wife. Tadong player just shirt front of me. Bernie came to my rescue and uh, laid that player out. I think they took him off. <laughs> I played on. Uh, Bernie was, he was a great friend, and uh, he he didn't look for trouble. But if someone dealt 
you know, dealt it out. He'd certainly, uh, uh, he'd certainly uh, repay them. He was also a great, a great footballer. I think he he also played, you know, uh, in some games just a play behind the game because he had a a great mark and he was a great kick. His brothers uh, were great footballers too. They were a pretty tough team, but they also uh, it was a bit unfortunate that Lesso uh, left the All Blacks and went to coach them. But um, they always seemed to be out to get the Blacks. Oh, just one memory from that is <laughs> there was a a great um, oh, she was a female was a great supporter of Tadong and she would I don't think she missed the game but. We were playing on the gardens over one day and uh, she jumped the fence and our ruckman, uh, Ike Coolbars, who was a great player, he um, got used to hate her and she jumped the fence and took to him with, with an umbrella. So. <laughs> Despite having 41 scoring shots to 16, the Blacks all struggled to put Longwood away in the next round. It was only a nine goal to one final term that blew the margin out to 76 points. John Duggan kicked five goals, while Sid Lewis and Rex Dusha each kicked four. Darren Fraser was best for the All Blacks. An upset win by Glen Rowan over Devonish and a thumping win by the All Blacks over the Bonnie Doon Bulldogs meant that the Blacks were now outright leaders with five rounds remaining. John Duggan potted another five goals while Gary Frost and Grant Corwell stood out in the 62-point win over Bonnie Doon. Swanpool played host to the All Blacks in the match of the round and suffered its second loss in a row when a more accurate All Blacks won by 27 points. The Swans, after leading at quarter time, were kept goalless in the final term. Gary Frost, John Stevens, and Sid Lewis with three goals were the best. Gurumbat made the trip to take on ladder leaders and were far from disgraced despite not scoring in both the first and third quarters. The All Blacks kicking let them down, 8-21 to 5-7 to retain top position. Gav Cherry made a return to the field for his first goal in almost a month. Cherry, a truck driver, also delivered the goods on the field, as Sid Lewis explained. And Gavin Cherry kicked 19 goals and I believe his nickname was Qantas. Qantas, because he's a high flyer. He's a bit of a Warwick Kappa type player. <laughs> uh, talking Gavin Cherry, he came back all the way back from Queensland to our night on Saturday night, and he kicked 100 goals three years in a row, and yep. never trained. he never trained one night in his whole football <laughs> career. He played over 200 games, but yep. he was a truck driver. Yep. We were just about ready to go on the ground, and Gavin hadn't turned up, and here all of a sudden the big truck squeals and the wheels squealing, jumps out of the truck, He's already in his footy nicks. He runs over with his football boots in his hands, jumps the fence, put the boots on, and halfway through the first quarter, he's playing. In round 16, the Blacks hosted Glen Rowan, knowing a win would secure top position. The game was a tough and bruising affair, with the All Blacks holding a three-point lead at three-quarter time. The final quarter was as good as the Blacks had played all year, hammering home five goals four to the Tigers' no score in an ominous warning to all other finals contenders. Next up, it was Devonish. The Barbers were narrow losers in their last three games against the Blacks, losing by two, 10 and one point respectively. After a tight first quarter, the All Blacks stepped up the intensity for a convincing 72-point win with the star-studded forward line of Sid Lewis five goals 
Gav Cherry and Ken Levy 4 each, and Tom Freetag 3, running the Barbers ragged. Jeff Peacock had his best game for the season for the Blacks in the centre. The final home and away round for 1971 was a comfortable win at Tatong for the Blacks, with Bernie Putt booting five goals and Gary Frost three. Coach Alan Beaton was superb, along with Tad Madge in the 90-point victory. Billy Hodges spoke about the bond and the humour around the club. It was a, a great team and the All Blacks always had great teams and, you know, one player looked after the other and, you know, even even today um, when you uh, see, a, you know, an ex-teammate, you're sort of, um, you're just like a brother. Um, they were just a well-knit team family, really. In fact, oh, well, um Gavin Cherry lives in Brisbane and uh, I haven't seen him for a few years, but um, just one thing in memory, I think at one of the reunions, um, I wasn't able to get down there and uh, the question was asked, where was Billy Hodges? And someone said, oh, could be dead for all we know. And anyhow, Gavin and another friend uh rang my wife and offered their condolences and and a few few weeks later we had a had a wake <laughs> and uh yeah that, that's the sort of uh i went to school with gavin he was a good mate as well and, uh, <laughs> so the final ladder had the all blacks finish with 17 wins from its 18 games swanpool scraped into second position with 14 wins percentage ahead of glenn rowan while the fourth spot in finals went to Devonish, two games clear of Tatong. Johnny Burns from Swanpool was an easy winner of the Ted Moore medal for best and fairest in the league, finishing with 32 votes. Alan Beaton was the highest vote getter for the All Blacks, finishing fifth on 20 votes. The leading goal kicker was won by Swanpool's Don Robertson with 65. Sid Lewis booted 45 for the All Blacks to finish fourth. The first semi-final clash at the Benalla Showgrounds resulted in an easy win for the defending Premier's Glen Rowan, mauling Devonish by 76 points. The second semi-final at the Showgrounds pitted minor Premier's All Blacks against Swanpool. The All Blacks won both games during the season by 25 points and 27 points respectively and went into the match a firm favourite. The All Blacks played the perfect finals match in wintry conditions, winning every quarter to power home 43-point winners and qualify for its sixth grand final in a row. Gary Frost was awarded best on ground, just ahead of David Grenfell, Tom Freetag, John Watson, Tad Madge and Max Hobson. Gav Cherry booted three goals. The preliminary final was won by Glenn Rowan, who after trailing by 12 points at half-time against Swampool, stormed home with 16 second-half goals to win by 30 points and set up for the fourth straight year, an All Blacks versus Glen Rowan Grand Final. The lead into the Grand Final took a turn on the Thursday night at training, with fullback John Watson badly injuring his ankle, as Alan Beaton explains. Yeah, well, Tony Irwin, his first game at fullback, uh, and he excelled, yeah. Because a regular fullback, yeah, John Watson, He'd done his ankle at training on the Thursday night, which was a terrible bloody disappointment. 
the Thursday night before the grand final, he'd done his ankle up properly. Just absolutely bloody wrecked it. Yeah, John Watson, geez, he was a beautiful footballer too. Have nothing but disappointment. It was also heartbreak for big man Peter Hanrahan, who, for the second year running, was dropped for the grand final after playing all previous matches and kicking two goals in the second semi final. Sid Lewis recalls Peter was one of those very unlucky players, probably the unluckiest footballer I played with over the years, and I played with a lot of blokes. Uh, it got to the finals time, and for whatever reason, Peter was the one they dropped out all the time. It happened the year before and, the, and the, that year, and then he, he gave it all away. Lovely bloke, tall fella, thin fella. He had fingers missing on one hand or something. He couldn't, he couldn't mark the ball well overhead, and that may have what cost him his position. But a good tap ruckman. I noticed he played every game. He played all 19 games. He played games. every game except the grand final. It's a hard thing to swallow when you do two years in a row. That, that must have been hard for Beadle, the coach, to be able to it do was. that. It was, absolutely. And Beadle is a pretty uh, soft, uh, well, that's probably not the right word, but compassionate, yeah, uh, towards everyone and trying to do the right thing to everyone. And when you've got 23 or 25 footballs all fit for the grand final, you've got to, you know, five are going to miss out. And, uh, and naturally they're going to be disappointed. That's funny footy. We had a look. We had it. Well, I think we only lost the one game that year, and uh, um, it's just a pretty even side. And there's one year that everyone sort of stood up for each other. Well, we, the blacks did that every year, standing up for each other. Mm. But um, no, it's just a very even across the board team, and whoever was going to miss out was was bloody going to be stiff. But we're just one of those, you know, we had. We had a few blokes on the side could handle the rough stuff when it was needed, um, but um, but mostly they you know, football is played like a man's game, so they have to be accept the fact you know they're going to get bloody hurt and they're going to get hit. But it's only when they would cowardly done that we'd step in and do things a bit. And there's a fair bit of that happened in that, that league at that time. And uh, yeah, we we got the job done, mate. <laughs> in a game. Marred by many uncalled-for incidents behind the play, it was the All Blacks who took out the 1971 Premiership at the Benalla Showgrounds, 13-16-94 to Glen Rowan, 11-4-70. The Tigers looked set for its third Premiership in a row when they piled on six goals to two in the opening term as the All Blacks made a nervous and a mistake-ridden start. A dominating quarter from the All Blacks should have put the game away, but just three goals from 13 scoring shots kept the margin in favour of Glen Rowan of one point at the long break. In a fiery third term, the All Blacks continued its dominance, adding 3-3 to one goal two to take a 12-point lead going into the final quarter. Five goals straight to the All Blacks was enough to bring home the Premiership, winning an epic contest by 24 points and redemption for the last two grand final defeats by the Tigers. Best amongst a gritty team effort were Bernie Putt, Sid Lewis, Max Hobson, Tad Madge, John Duggan and Darren Fraser. Billy Hodges recalls the rugged encounter. It was the last grand final I played in for the All Blacks. Pretty wild sort of a game. 
fairly rugged and uh, the All Blacks were probably a little bit more level-headed and I think that won the game for us in the finish. It certainly was. Uh, uh, I don't think there was one Glen Rowan player that came off the ground that didn't have a bit of blood showing, no. But it was all on their own accord. They were sort of uh, playing the man rather than the ball. Pretty fair umpire that, that year too, from memory. Sid Lewis, uh, he used to look after little fellas, but he had enough to look after himself. <laughs> he uh, used to be dealt, you know, fairly willingly at times. Celebrations were long and hard, with the shed of President Len Levy home base for most of it, as Alan Beaton explained. Yeah, the President's shed, yeah. They were plumbing contractors and they had a big shed in the middle of the town and we all went back there and had a few quiet ales and reminisced for quite a while, yeah. And like all country towns, like they revolve around the bloody football clubs and when, when things are good for them, well, they put on a good turn. A presentation cabaret night was held three weeks later at the Chiswell Pavilion where Rex Dusha was voted best and fairest. John Stevens was runner-up and Sid Lewis third. Eight players from the 1971 Premiership side would become life members of the Benalla All Blacks. The 1971 Benalla All Blacks Premiership team was backs David Grenfell, Tony Irwin, John Duggan, halfbacks Tad Madge, Max Hobson, Alan Beaton, centreline John Stevens, Jeff Peacock, Gary Frost, half forwards Andy Wallace, Sid Lewis, Rex Dusha, forward line. Tom Freetag, Gav Cherry, Peter Hennessy. The Rucks, Darren Fraser, Bernie Putt, Ken Levy. 19th, Grant Caldwell. 20th, Billy Hodges. The emergencies were Peter Hanran and Les Firth. Missing injured was John Watson. Well, there you have it. What a wonderful tale of passion and spirit that earned the All Blacks the ultimate prize against its ultimate foe. Next up, we take a look at the All Blacks 1976 Premiership season. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and we hope you can join us again on Glory Days. Glory Days.